0: You're listening to E Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the E Commerce Marketing School podcast today. I am so excited to talk to you because Outways emails are some of my favorite in my inbox. I am constantly screenshotting them and sending them to my team and just really setting the bar. So I'm so stoked to get to talk to you about, you know, email in general, but then also we have some real specific things we want to dive into that you're very good at. So thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: I asked you to be our guest professor on this subject because you guys sell socks and you, your socks are incredible. And I feel like you could do email just on product alone, but you do this really fun twist on things that I've noticed a trend on. And I was like, I need to talk to Taylor about this. It feels like in college, I had this poster that was like random holidays of every single day of the year. It was like, you know, National Postage Stamp Day and like things like that. And that feels like outweighs email strategy. Is Like there's so many of these like random yesterday was National Marshmallow Day things like that, that I see you building into your email strategy and finding ways to celebrate that element draws people in. For me, it's like it gets an open because it's just like, oh, that's that's a day. That's like, is that really a thing? And so I want to know more. And then you teach me and, and it always drives back to the product, which is so cool. So I would love to understand like where that strategy came from.
1: Yeah, we it's actually something we don't do as much as we probably could. I mean, I basically go through, I go through each month and I find out like what all the national days are like, because like every day has something and the lists are huge. So you can pretty much find a holiday for anything. But we try to make sure that those holidays somewhat tie into the brand or at least a design that we have, you know, if it's national donut day, well, you know, there was points in time where we had three donut socks. So it made sense to be like, it's national donut day. Like, you know, check out these socks. Like it just, it's just uh, a, it makes sense to do that. We definitely don't like try to reach too hard and be like, hey, it's like national eat a hot dog at lunch day, like here's a free <laughs> like it doesn't like it has to kind of make sense. Sure. But it's a really good way, like any sort of reason to to email someone and reach out and makes any sort of like connection that's not mundane is is kind of important. I feel like how that's kind of worked into our strategy is just like really just not saying something for the sake of saying something. And like you said, or you just said, like, you know, you get the open, but like, you don't really even see that until like you open the email. And like, that's something that we like really base our emails around is like really strong subject lines and like making sure someone opens the email okay that's one thing now they've opened it like what are they seeing that maybe helps us stand out that day and you know a meaningful way so yeah that's just one of many ways we do actually a lot of product emails like a lot of our a lot of brands i see they'll do like kind of brand awareness they'll do sort of like brand equity pieces they'll talk about themselves internally it's probably something we could do more but we really base a lot of our emails as you've seen just basically around product because we drop so much and that's what people like to see so
0: yeah when you're dropping new product on a regular basis it makes a ton of sense like email is a huge lever Um, I imagine campaigns make up the majority of your email revenue
1: yeah totally like it's a majority of our email revenue we do still make quite a bit from flows but yeah campaigns takes the win Sure.
0: yeah i have the the opposite at by heart we have one product and so uh it's like flows are the ones that make right. uh, make the money yeah. for us so it, it, it really is i think it's important to to know that that there's kind of this reputation of email that like campaigns should be your number one revenue driver but for brands that only have a couple of products that's not necessarily true but when you do have drops all the time campaigns can be huge if you leverage them the right way
1: yeah and honestly having campaigns as your majority isn't even like a signal that you're winning i think in in fact if i would have my way i would have flows making the most money because when you really think about the difference of a campaign and a flow they're both emails one is being automatically triggered and one is being sent like to a list in one moment of time if i could do it so that people received the correct email at the correct time when they had the most purchase intent it would help me avoid so many emails campaigns i would of course i would drop products and stuff but you know we'll say, say, you know, halfway through the month, we'll email our, our list and say, check out these bestsellers. Yeah, that's a great email and it might do well, but there's probably a good portion of that list that just that was not the right time to send them that email. If we could build that bestseller email into a flow, it would send them the email at the correct, you know, local time zone or day of the week that would make the most sense for that person in their buying cycle. Then that even though it might not make a lot of money right at the beginning in short term, you would actually see like more long term results on that on that flow. And then you would avoid having to build campaigns all the time. So we're actually trying to make more revenue in flows that way. So
0: do you take your kind of winning campaigns and put them into existing flows?
1: Um, When I wouldn't say necessarily put them into existing flows, but I definitely take like, I take the learnings from campaigns, like what like if a campaign did really well, I start from like macro to micro of just like, what did we offer? What in the email was intriguing? What did we say differently? Where was the CTA? How was the structure of the email? Was the subject line good? Was the open rate good, but it like didn't have a lot of purchases. You kind of just go through like a general list of like, you know, at this point I can use my gut instinct cause I've just done it for so long. I can be like, okay, I think this is what was successful in this email. And you can take those learnings and you can put them into the flows. But I, don't, I definitely don't like copy and paste over. I think sending campaigns and flows sometimes has a little bit different. um, The insides are a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I think there's, it's also different like purchase intent, you know, Um, your customer who's part of your flows is already a customer or, you know, has engaged with the brand to the point that they've like entered one of those flows. Whereas somebody getting a campaign might've just joined your email list. Um, So it is a different level of purchase intent. So it needs a different strategy. Something I've noticed that, does separate your flows from your campaigns as an outweigh customer and subscriber. I'm I'm guessing is some of your flows have like text based emails. So emails from Rob founder and very like, Hey, I want to thank you for. Being part of Outway and helping us build our brand, you know, whatever, like just a thank you note. And it's not this big long email. It's just like a paragraph, but it's very personal because it's text only. And then campaigns do tend to be a bit more like product focused and, uh, you know, more graphics and things like that. Is that an accurate statement that that, that breakdown is right?
1: Yeah. We, we have started sending some campaigns with text space, like around peak moments where we're sending a lot of emails in a short period of time. We don't want to become like, we don't want people to become blind to our emails. So we try to mix it up and send like maybe a text based one. Some people connect more with a text based email. Some people like to see the design. So we'll like throw a mixed bag of different emails. But yeah, I would say on the whole, we like, definitely do more text-based in the flows, because it's more it's more personalized, like you're triggering an email based off of like customer behavior. And therefore, it is like a little bit more of a personal email. So we definitely have like, you know, letter from the founder, like when someone makes a purchase, a a first, a second, a third, or even like a fourth that makes them a VIP, they have like a custom message from Rob, uh, our founder being like, Hey, like, we don't overlook that this is your third order. We really appreciate it. Like customers like you are like, what helps this brand grow? And you know, lets us keep building you know cool products so like you know we don't take that for granted and that's like really a really good way to connect with your list and just feel like your customer feels appreciated so um yeah text space flows can definitely be a little bit more operational a little more robotic they don't have to be as as pretty like if you go through our abandoned cart or abandoned checkout flows they're definitely not nearly as like crazy and desi- over designed like uh, our campaigns are they're very much just like to the point like hey you left something behind here's a really clear call to action to go back to the cart. Um, they don't need to be complicated in that way, but yeah.
0: Yeah, Sarah Mora in uh, our very first episode of this season was talking about their abandoned cart flow and how it is very text-driven and that actually is quite successful for them because they position it as, you know, this is, hi, I'm this person, I'm the head of customer support here and I want to see, like, do you have any questions? And here's my favorite product that we have. What are you thinking about here? And just starting a dialogue and that abandoned carts aren't always about you forgot that you didn't buy this thing. Most people didn't forget that they didn't buy it. Like they had an objection or they got busy and just need a reminder, Um, you know, but it's like, I know what's in my cart. I just... <laughs> didn't do it yet for a number of different reasons.
1: Yeah. And that's why you get into like you can have conditional splits on your your abandoned cart flows where it queries how large their cart was like if you have a $70 free shipping threshold, and that person's below the threshold, you can maybe they have objections because they're like, hey, I don't want to pay $12 to ship this you know, 50 or $45 with the product. And then that's where you can come in and be like, hey, did you know that if you could add like one more sock to your your order, you can actually get free shipping. So you're, instead of paying $12 for shipping and get, not getting a sock, you can maybe pay $20 for a sock and get free shipping. So you can deal with objections that way as well in the abandoned carts. But yeah, you're you're right.
0: That's so fun, too, because it creates a really personal experience for the customer that they they're like, Oh, wow, that's exactly what my problem was. And it really speaks to their exact it almost feels like that you personally looked inside their cart and then sent them an email, like you typed it out yourself, it it feels that way to a lot of customers. And even though like, we know, it's marketing email, and I think even um, non marketers know, it's like, that's a Pre-written email, it just feels better, and I really like what you said about the second and third and fourth purchases and identifying your VIPs. Do you approach when you think about campaigns? Um, do you approach those groups of customers differently on campaigns, or um, how do you split people out in that way?
1: Um, I would. I mean, I can't uh, say we make things too complex. You know, we we have a pretty. Uh, like lean marketing team, we do a lot of things, and so we we try to keep things really, really simple uh, and not complicate things. And every single time we try to complicate our list and we try to complicate these segments, we end up just coming back to like fundamentals. Obviously, we do have ways that we show appreciation to VIPs, like around peak moments, we'll maybe offer them something different. But for the most part, like if it's a product drop, I'm just sending to what I would consider the most engaged segment. I'm not really changing a lot of the language between the VIP and the customer when there is an opportunity that presents itself. Where I really feel like this would be good for the VIPs, I definitely will do so. But I would say seventy five percent of the time, I'm just making sure that the email is relevant to our customers in general.
0: Your emails are really fun too. Uh, like uh, the copy is, um, the subject lines are always like very intriguing and fun. The copy in the body of the email is. It's definitely something that stands out in the inbox for that reason and I wondered is that does that some does that come naturally to you is that something you work on like I think a lot of marketers are like man I really want to be fun and funny and my brand is fun um, I just am not like a <laughs> creative fun person in that way and so you kind of get stuck and then you end up not sending anything but uh, I would love to know like how you got is that just like how you've always always a funny guy <laughs>
1: So I I write all the subject lines, um, and that's something. It's it's probably the most important thing I think about email, and like I always say this to anyone that's doing email and they feel you know i'm not getting the open rates i'm not really getting the sales it seems so basic to say this but people forget they will build a beautiful email and the offer is great the ctas are great everything in there is amazing even the product is great and then they write a horrible subject line and they go oh i I, like this email didn't really hit its goals it's like well because 25% of your list opened it imagine if 50% of your list opened it so you have this no one will get to see the genius of your email or your product or anything unless you have a subject line that's compelling enough to open the email period. That It's that simple. So you have to, if, if you're obsessive over design and making really nice emails, flip the script, make a really simple email that if anything looks horrible and write a really good subject line or split test subject lines, And I guarantee that those ones will outperform you could we could write an email today that said buy these socks with a button under it If it had a good enough subject line It's going to outperform a really well-designed email that doesn't have a compelling one Because if anyone has email go into your promos inbox Which I do every single day and I, I sign up on all the brands that I think are good and I read their emails and I ask myself which ones of these stand out what caught my eye and why did it catch my eye and I write them down And so when I go to write my subject lines, I have a huge list of approaches that make sense. And so I think of the email and I try to make it as relevant as possible. So like a good example would be, we'll put an email together that will be, let's say it's about best-selling socks. Well, you, anyone would think like, hey, best sellers, click now. Like that would be the most basic. But what I'll do is I'll put a cross sell block in the bottom that'll be about our mystery pairs and it's 35% off savings. So in the email subject line, I'll be like 35% off savings inside. Oh yeah. And best sellers, like something like that. So now you're, 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 you're attracting them to the 35% off savings, even though it only takes up 10% of the email and now you've pulled them in and they're going to see the rest of what you got to show in a way, like you are kind of being, you are exploiting a little bit, but you're, you're not lying. You're just trying to just have the most impact possible with the tools that you have. basically. Well, and
0: it's not a bait and switch either. If you're no, like, oh, it, especially when you say like, oh, and bestsellers, because like, that's the as soon as they open it, that's the first thing they're going to see. And then the secondary call to action is the 35% off. So you actually are delivering on that subject line, but it got them to open it. And now whether they are frustrated by that or offended or, or just like don't even doesn't even matter to them, you don't know unless you had taken that approach in the first place. I really like that. And that swipe file, I think, is so key. I have a massive email collection and same, like I actually have an entirely separate email, like a Gmail address that I never even open. It's not on my phone. I mean, I open it like to look at for emails, but I don't, um, I'm that, those marketers' worst nightmare. I never (laughs) open their emails until I'm like ready to write an email, but it's the inspiration piece that you need and I think it's really important too to get outside of your industry and go look at what. So you sell socks and you probably don't just sign up to, Um, Well, one other stock companies, but two, even like a little bit more pulled out from that is like just you could sign up to just fashion, but you probably don't. You're probably signing up to like a bunch of other things, too.
1: Yeah, I I sign up to like all sorts of Shopify brands. I mean, products, stuff that doesn't relate to us, food, nutrition, makeup, you know, like any sort of direct consumer brand, they're essentially doing the same thing. They're selling, they're selling something on the internet, they have different SKUs. they have different variants, they've got something going on for them. Like, you can learn marketing from anything like you really, really can. Like I, I even like read a book. uh, It was like an old school book about like, the first guy that was like the best at copywriting you just like wrote newspaper ads and like it seems so silly but like I actually learned a lot about like human psychology just reading that book you know just about the basics and people like overcomplicate it but yeah that's the one thing I always will like the number one thing I'll always say is obsess over your subject lines and you know we don't always get it perfect like we have some where I'm like oh, okay we took a chance there it didn't really work out but there's learnings there and then you just you just write down what didn't work what did and I like I keep like a sheet of everything that I write so I can go through and, and even regurgitate it and try to find new new inspiration that way so
0: i think the the fun silly holidays it is like a great way to kind of get your inspiration going and and to start to think about like how does it connect there's i just looked up there's this national dot and today is august 11th when we're we're we are recording. And today is National Play in the Sand Day and also National Global Kinetic Sand Day. Um, So we've got sand covered across the board. Uh, And then it's National Raspberry Bomb Day as well, the dessert. So like you can... Oh, and then National Sons and Daughters Day. I mean, so many brands can play into things like that. Like if you sell kid socks, you could send an email today that's like, get a father-son... Pair, or, you know, get a pair for you and a pair for your kid. Um, create. You can create bundles around those silly holidays too.
1: Totally, and you don't. I wouldn't say overdo it, like, because you don't want to identify as the brand that's like just jumps on all these like, <laughs> for the most part, are kind of silly holidays. They're like made up. But I would say if you can find things that like connect, like we had, um, you know, a couple months ago, it was like Best Friends Day. And so that seemed like the best time to share a referral program. So it was like, hey, it's Best Friends Day. Here's your referral code, like share it with a friend, give them 15% off and you can make $15 in rewards. Like that seems like low hanging fruit for an international day. But I, I definitely have stepped away from trying to make everything work. I'm like, I, unless something jumps out at me, then I won't really run it anymore. But yeah, it, it is a good way just to send an email.
0: Those big ones, uh, dog day, I got it. <laughs> it was like, oh, it was puppy day. That's what it was. It was like National Puppy Day. And Open Farm, the pet brand, sent just a picture of a dog. And they said, that's it. That's just a picture of a dog. And we want to celebrate all dogs today. And there was, um, I think it was actually it was an SMS or an MMS at that point. But there was no call to action. (laughs) There was nothing in it. But I'm telling you about it months later, you know, like they, they will come to mind for me when I when I think about pet food, I think about them. And whether somebody buys from your email immediately or not, they think about socks they're going to think out way when they start to connect with uh, the content that you're writing
1: totally yeah
0: taylor i really i could talk to you about this for hours um i have a million more questions for you and i bet that our listeners do too if they do where can they find you how can they sign up for your emails all those things
1: um, yeah, I mean, if you go to LA.com and join our newsletter, I mean, feel free, you can see the emails that we send. And uh, I'm basically on Twitter. I'm not really a LinkedIn person. I have an account, but you can much better to reach out to me on Twitter. I dr- try to drop nuggets of information on Twitter whenever I can, or I drop a thread of information, things I've learning. So it's a tay phrase, So T-A-Y-F-R-A-Y-S, uh on Twitter. And yeah, feel free to drop me a follow and even send me a message. And I'm always happy to chat. So yeah. And please, I think one
0: of the things that we love is when our listeners are able to reach out to our uh, guest professors and like let them know what they learned. I've learned a lot from you in our time together today and over the last year or so of getting to know you. And so I, I'm i just thrilled that you were able to spend some time with us and teach us how to do email better because you do it really well.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. i am be stoked to come on again.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. All right. See you. All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to eCommerce Marketing School. And huge favor, if you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review. With Privy, anyone can be a marketer. Simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to Triple Whale. ECommerce Marketing School is now part of the Triple Whale Podcast Network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.